Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Bar Talk. We have a lot to get into. The Masters is underway. And we have a national champion in basketball. Shout out to Anders for that beat drop. And welcome to episode number 43 of Sports Bar Talk. Holy cow. Alright, what's up everybody? We got the best seat in the house, and you know, I've always started the show with, and welcome, using my little voiceover actor, but then I decided I'd like to, Pat McAfee, who I've mentioned on this show before, great radio show, for the people who are sensitive to swearing and whatnot, might not be the show for you, but he's on from noon to free on YouTube and SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. He's probably right now my favorite sports talk radio show to listen slash watch to. But he always leads off his show with, Good afternoon, beautiful people. So, I did try that. Never really sought the feedback out of you all the people, so I'm going to give you both introductions. Hopefully from now on in the podcast. So that's why you got the good afternoon, beautiful people one. And welcome was the other one. So you're going to get both introductions. I will do, and I'll still shout out the beat drop from Anders because Mr. McAfee also does that. By the way, Pat McAfee, even though he's an Indianapolis native, was born and raised in Pittsburgh, went to Plum High School, which is... On the east side of the Allegheny River, I believe. Uh, you go right by it on the PA Turnpike. I've always wanted to go to Plum. Great town. Never been there. But they produced a world-class punter and an even better media personality in Pat McAfee. Great show. Great guy. Love him. Love, his, love, the, love what he's doing there in Indianapolis. So, with that being said... This is Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. And before we get to that tournament in Augusta, we have to recap the men's national championship on Monday night. Now, if you caught my preview show, which I released on Monday, 42.5, and thanks to everyone who tuned into that, I've heard nothing but rave reviews. Maybe you should do more game previews like that soon. I might decide once my school schedule lightens up here next month. You know, if there's a big breaking news story that breaks and, like, it's too far out until when I would drop the podcast on a Thursday or a Friday, I might come and do a special episode to give my take on the matter while the thoughts are fresh in my brain, sort of. And maybe... Do an NBA Finals preview. Maybe we're, like, from a Game 7, potentially. You know, who knows? Maybe big soccer game. You wait for Champions League Final uh, in the beginning of June. I don't know, but I think I might do more once my school schedule lightens up of, like, the 47 and a half or whatnot. But that would be for, like, a big breaking news story. So let's say, for example, you know... LeBron gets traded, and it, I wouldn't, I, I, I can't wait till whatever, whatever day it happens. I can't wait till Thursday or Friday to dive in and give you my take 
right away. I have to dive in and do it right away. People are going to want to listen to my take, you know. And some people text me about it, the decision to do that, to to get their my thoughts on the matter right away. So I figured maybe why not if I could do one of these 42.5s or and a half half episodes, give you the take, and that way if someone texts me, I can just give them a link to the podcast. Give them my take. Um, so I might do some of that uh, once my school schedule lines up here. I got like another month left of, so- of my sophomore year in college, and then it's full steam ahead with the summer because I'm so excited because we were robbed of summer vacation last year, kind of. Um, it was a fun summer, but... I am excited, fully vaccinated now that the CDC is uh, allowing us to travel domestically. I cannot wait to vacation again. Um, yeah, so national champion. We're a national championship. The Baylor Bears. Did you see that coming? I did not. But I have the reason why Baylor potentially lost. Or Baylor won. So, of course, if you watch the Final Four on Saturday, uh, Baylor blew out Houston. It was so bad that Baylor was able to empty out and get the bench guys, the guys that never play, into the game with eight, five to eight minutes remaining in the basketball game. So, the Baylor Bears basically coasted to a win. Whereas Gonzaga... All their starters essentially had to play the whole game, and they had to play the final 10 minutes of the regulation. And then on top of that, they had to play overtime. And you watch the game Monday night, and it just didn't feel like Gonzaga was there mentally. It feels like they hadn't quite yet had made a full recovery. And most of the college basketball experts, and I talked to my buddy who's a diehard Gonzaga fan, and he said, yeah, the rest, this adequate resting time is totally the reason. And I think that's this and it's a valid point because Gonzaga looked flustered on offense. Yes, they looked motivated, but they weren't as motivated. Normally that team is very motivated. Even when they're playing the cupcake games in the West Coast Conference, they're still trying to pour it on in the final 10 minutes. They weren't really trying to pour it on with they were trying to pour it on Make a run, come back. But I just didn't see it. And Baylor was getting open on offense. Baylor was getting open easily. And they were picking and popping, hitting shots. The other key I mentioned was bench contribution. I did not see much bench contribution from Gonzaga. If you listen to my half episode, I did mention... Now, at least in high school and college, I was thinking about it. In NBA, you really don't need it as much. You still need it, but you don't as much. The keys to winning a basketball game, the first key was free throws. Free throws wouldn't have really mattered in this game. But the other key, in my opinion, is bench contribution. If you can shoot your free, if your team can, as a team, if you can shoot your free throws very well, and you can get great contributions off your bench, you have a good chance to be a national championship caliber basketball team. Or a state championship basketball team in the high school case. Baylor, they had all of that. And Baylor, you know, there's a real possibility. If Baylor didn't have their COVID pause in January, 
They would have also, they probably finished the season undefeated. The Baylor we saw in the Final Four and Championship game looked like the Baylor we had seen in November, December, and then coming down the stretch here in March. I don't remember off the top of my head with Baylor. Now, Baylor didn't win the Big 12, but I don't remember off the top of my head Baylor getting tested in any of their mar- any of their uh, tournament games in the in the NCAA tournament. Big 12, they might have gotten tested a little bit, but got to give credit to Scott Grew. You know, potentially the greatest rebound in college basketball history. He took over the job in 03 at Baylor and basically said, I'm not coming here to win. I'm coming here to win national championships. I know they played a soundbite on the CBS broadcast from his introductory press conference back in 03. And boy, he met the, he met the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a lifetime contract at Baylor, similar to what Kansas just gave Bill Self. Speaking of the coaching carousel in college basketball, since we're on coaches, I might as well bring it up. Congratulations. I know it's North Carolina and I'm a Duke fan, but we got we got to give a round of applause. Legendary head coach for the North Carolina Tar Heels, Roy Williams is retiring. Ironically, he retired on April Fools Day. A lot of people thought this was an April Fools joke. It was not an April Fools joke. Roy Williams has officially retired. One of the greatest coaches in college, not not just college basketball, one of the greatest coaches in basketball history. Uh, I mean, of course, Duke and Carolina, we know how big a rivalry that is. But it didn't really seem like such a rivalry because Roy and Coach K are very good friends. So now we're kind of seeing the golden age of college coaches. One has retired. Who's going to be next? Will it be Coach K? Will it be Tom Izzo, Jim Beheim? I get the sense the one that might leave next will be Tom Izzo um, at some point, especially if his team contends and they win a national championship here next year. I think he, you'd want, I'd want to go out a national champion. But Roy will be replaced by Hubert Davis, former Tar Heel as a player, uh, played like 12 seasons in the NBA, was an ESPN analyst for college hoops, and then Roy brought him in as an assistant, and so he's getting the promotion. So... Feels like a lot of the same stuff will be run on uh, in terms of uh, play-wise, but good for Hubert, good for Carolina. There was a lot of talks maybe Kenny Smith from TNT would take the job. Would uh, the guy from UNC Greensboro, I've, his name's Wes, I don't know his last name off the top of my head. Um, he played at Carolina. There was a lot of talk. There was also another big name, but I'm blanking right now, of him... And then, but North Carolina, big code, that was, I thought they'd, now, I will say this, I thought they'd go for Rick Pitino. Um, I thought maybe people would see what he did at Iona. First year back in college basketball since the Louisville scandal. Takes his team to the tournament. They almost beat Bama. Maybe they'd bring him in. Someone who knows the game inside and out. Tremendous coach at Louisville. Was there when they were in the ACC, so he knows the conference well. Thought maybe they'd bring him in. I thought that was the perfect hire. There was also talks of Jay Wright from Villanova, but I just couldn't see Jay Wright 
hasn't left Villanova to take an NBA gig, even though he's been offered. I couldn't see him leaving Villanova to take the UNC gig, even though it was quite possibly could have been the most sought-after job in college basketball history. All right, I spent way too much time talking about college basketball, so this is going to run longer than I anticipated. So let's go to the tradition unlike any other. And I want you all to close your eyes and envision yourself. The azalea bushes, the nice trees, the wind blowing, and the voice of Jim Nance saying, Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. Welcome to Augusta, where Hideki Matsuyama is currently up one shot at four under par. Behind him, in a tie for second, Webb Simpson. Can he potentially break through and win? He's a U.S. Open champion. Could he do it here? And Paul Casey also... Not far behind. The Englishman. Could he do it? We're back. At Augusta. It's been five months. It feels like we were just here. Ken Spieth. Who has been red hot as of lately. Continue his hot form. And capture his second green jacket. Or can Dustin Johnson go back-to-back after setting a Masters record in November, shooting 20 under par? Or is this the year Rory finally completes the career Grand Slam? The storylines are endless. But the feeling remains the same. It is great to be back at Augusta. Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. Welcome to a tradition unlike any other. The Masters on CBS. All right, there you go. There was the Jim Nance impersonation. I did it five years ago, or five months ago, when it was happening in November. It got rave reviews from myself. Don't know anyone else that didn't like it other than my parents, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone else liked it out there. It's back, and we... And I kind of read the leaderboard off there. So this is dropping on a Thursday. So, like, for instance, Jordan, this is 205. Jordan Spieth just teed off. I can't wait. I'm going to go after this podcast. I'm going downstairs and watching him play. He's been red hot coming off of the Valero Texas Open win on Easter Sunday. But right now, as Jim mentioned, Hideki, oh, there's a tie for first now. That just updated since the Jim Nance impersonation. We have a freeway tie for first at four under par between Matsuyama, Webb Simpson, and the Aussie Mark Leishman. So there you go. We have a freeway tie now. Was just a minute ago. Different. Now we kind of have a freeway tie for fourth instead of like a five-way tie for second. So this is the Masters back in its traditional spot. As the week after the final four. Um, And it's great to have the Masters again. Even though it's been five months. No burnout. Still the great feeling of having a Masters. Like always. I feel the same as I felt back in November. It's the Masters. It's the greatest golf tournament. In It's like 
It's the Super Bowl for golf. For my non-golf fans that listen to the podcast. So, how I'm going to set this up. I'll give you the pick in a minute. But I got to give you the channel information. When can you watch the Masters? So, today, Thursday and Friday. The first and second round. And there's coverage right now. In the morning and in the afternoon on Masters.com. They have featured group coverage. They've got coverage of Amen Corner, which is holes 12, 11, 12, and 13. That's the toughest stretch on the golf course. <coughs> Excuse me. They also have coverage of holes 15 and 16, and they also have coverage of holes 4, 5, and 6. That's going on in the morning and in the afternoon, so you can kind of watch the coverage early, watch the morning wave of golfers. It's a very fun feature to watch, but the regular broadcast coverage will begin, so the first and second rounds, aka Thursday and Friday, start at 3 o'clock, and that'll be on ESPN, ESPN, um, so, and then the weekend coverage, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday it starts at 3 o'clock, Sunday it starts at 2, those will be on your local CBS station, so, Thursday and Friday, ESPN, Saturday, Sunday, CBS, the coverage starts at 2, all the days start at 3 except for Sunday when the coverage starts at 2 o'clock. My pick for the tournament, I normally like to look at course history when I'm picking who will win a golf tournament. But I can't ignore the recent form bias for this tournament as well. There are some guys who are absolutely red hot right now who just seemed like ever since the PGA Tour, since I started paying attention to golf again as after football season is when I normally get into the golf again and whatnot and watching it. It seems like there's like this group of guys who are always seems to be in contention at a golf tur- at a golf tournament. It's every week on the PGA Tour, like DeChambeau and Westwood and uh, the pick I'm about to mention in a minute. Um, as well, even maybe potentially Colin Morikawa and Patrick Reed. But, so when you combine the recent form angle with the course history angle, this pick makes it, makes is a no-brainer. So, this guy has been absolutely red-hot. Seems like every week since the Super Bowl, he's been in contention at a golf tournament. He finally broke through and got his first win since the British Open in 2017 last week in Texas at the Valero Texas Open. He's got the monkey off his back, as some might say. His course, he's won this tournament once before. He almost won it twice if he hadn't imploded a whole 12 back in 2016. So course history, history and the recent form bias, and it only matches up to one guy. My pick for the Masters, Jordan Spieth. I was going to go with John Rahm again, but I there was a, Rahm had a little bit of a distraction. He's now a dad, so congrats to John. Um, but that man had taken away. Luckily, the, daughter, the kid was born on Sunday, so he's able to get here and practice and whatnot. But that could still be on the back of his mind. Hey, I need to get back. To, I don't know where he lives in the States and trains in the States. 
I need to get back, and I need to be <laughs> with this kid. But also, it could be the motivational aspect. I have a kid now. I have a new perspective. I just want to go out and have fun and potentially win a green jacket. But I think Spieth's going to win this. I think the recent form is there. The course history is there. If he plays like he's been playing the past two months on tour, watch out. This golf tournament might not get close at all on Sunday. We could be in the back nine, and this tournament could already be decided, and it might be Jordan Spieth getting his second green jacket, this time from Dustin Johnson. Very interesting. So that's the Masters. We'll recap the tournament next week. Um, and next week, of course, is going to be back on the PGA Tour while the RBC Heritage from Hilton Head in South Carolina. That's always a fun tournament instead of a trophy. Well, they might get a trophy, but they get the tartan jacket. Af the winner gets a tartan jacket. So let's check the time. Let's get to the restaurant of the week. And this is a place in, well, used to be in Wexford, Pennsylvania. They had, and I'll let me get the story up. But this place, if you love meatballs, this is the place for you. Based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They have one in downtown Pittsburgh, and they have one in PPG, P, PPG Paints Arena, tongue twister, where the Penguins play hockey. This place is called Emporio, a meatball joint. And let me tell you something. I've been to this place twice. It is delicious. It is absolutely delicious. So, they have a plan to reopen the Wexford location. Engineers are looking at an issue underneath. The Wexford location, it's on a big hill. There's like a sushi restaurant right across the street, a hibachi sushi restaurant. There's a pierogi restaurant. And it's like a big strip mall. But the meatball emporium's on the top of this hill. And it's been closed at the Pine Township Shopping Center in Wexford, right off Route 19 on the on the beautiful-looking Perry Highway, if I do say so myself. But they're looking at the issue. The restaurant is not sinking, but the fill under the knee... There's a landfill, I guess, underneath the structure is settling, causing a void. I'm not an engineer, but that sounds very scary. Um, so we'll see what happens if the Wexford location can get open. It's the only location I've been to. The other locations in downtown Pittsburgh. But let's talk about the food that they got. They have meatballs. And you basically build your own meatball. So how it works. Step one. You choose your ball. And I'm reading this straight off the website. So I didn't make that up. It literally says choose your ball. They have classic beef. Which is the traditional meatball. Can't go wrong with a traditional meatball. Spicy pork that has killer chili peppers and herbs. Again, that's more spicy. I don't like spicy meatballs. Or as my mom would say, that's a spicy meatball. They have the vegetarian ball with mushrooms, white beans, <laughs> and cauliflower. So if you're vegetarian, there you go. And they have the chicken meatball with parmesan and herbs. Step two. It says here on the website, meatball magic happens. Step three, you choose your sauce. 
they have regular marinara. They got meat, meat, meat sauce, creamy Parmesan, tomato basil cream, chicken gravy, mushroom gravy, basil pesto cream, and government cheese. I don't know what government cheese is. Next, you can get it on pasta, on a bun, on french fries. That's new. And step five, just love your meatball. I've had their meatballs before. They also have a special meatball of the month. There's like a club you can join. It's called a meatball. They have a special meatball of the month. The last time I went, it was a bacon cheeseburger meatball. And it was basically burger meat with bacon seasonings and cheese on it. And they put it over mashed potatoes. It's delicious. Just an absolutely delicious meatball. Um, They have... You can get like... I normally, when I go, when I've gone in the past... Oh, the meatball I got was the loaded baked potato meatball, and I got it with the bacon cheeseburger ball, or the regular beef ball. I forget. But I normally, when I've gone, I just like to get the traditional spaghetti, marinara sauce, and the classic meatball. You can't go wrong with a traditional spaghetti and meatballs. Now, they have stuff other than meatballs. They have mac and cheese. Never had it, but it looks very delicious. Uh, they have really good tater tots. They have Uncle Kunkle's Crazy Queso. Had it once. Very delicious. Crispy pickle chips. Buffalo fried chicken balls. They have garlic bread. They have buffalo shrimp and crab dip. Howdy's fries. They have poutine. Their poutine's good. I had it once. They have crack fries smothered in crack sauce. Never had it. And Parmesan herb fries. Now, they do also have salads. You can add a meatball on it. Of course you can. And they have desserts. It looks like here, warm ricotta donuts served with hot fudge and darn good cookies, which are four chewy chocolate chip cookies. All right. You're making me want a meatball, Emporio. What's wrong with ya? All right, that is Sports Bar Talk. Stay safe. Wear your mask. This is the greatest podcast I've ever made because it's the only one I've ever made. And we got the best seat in the house.